This is Richard here. Uh, me or Luke or me and Luke hit uh, record at the wrong moment, so uh, we sort of joined things part way through the intro. Uh, so recorded this little bit uh, as a cold open, and you must be so intrigued as to what's going to come next. Um, but we'll have some intro music, and then the podcast will start midway through a sentence. gravy not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast uh I'm one of the hosts uh Richard Miller and uh way across the pond and then across quite a bit of landmass again is uh my co-host the esteemed and uh venerable Dr Luke Gledall thank you very much Rich it's great to join you I'm excited <laughs> I've, is that an upgrade for you, sort of um, title-wise, Doctor? I think so, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I was looking to have things put, letters after my name, but letters before my name work as well, sure. Yeah. Sounds good. Just Maybe next next time, Man of Letters. Luke Man Gledel. of Letters, Luke Ledell, yes. Yes, here on the, um, the sunny beaches of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. <laughs> yep. Ready <laughs> to talk. Sunny beaches. I'm, uh, Rich and I used to sit together at uh, at their uh, six, have season tickets, and uh, now for the miracles and wonders of technology, and I follow. And uh, now we've added extra camera angles for this forthcoming season. I'll have a uh, I'll have a pitch perfect view of the action, home and away. But, but I don't know if I'm I'm going to get up. I, I think now that we're doing this podcast, Rich, I'm going to have to get up for the um, twelve o'clock UK. GMT oh kickoffs, and that's that's five a in the morning here. It's not that's nice. Commitment. Like that's it. commitment. I don't like it, but you know, <laughs> we're all committed to our arts. <laughs> and there you go. Yeah. Well, I suppose that's the uh, that was a strange thing. Last season was a bit of a, a sea change that um, you could actually see Wednesday much more often than I was able to. Um, maybe yeah, maybe well, for the. Well, it's been, the hilarity with the timing of all of this, it's been two seasons. Um, yeah. The first season was, um, you know, the um, <clears throat> it was the Carvajal-Yoss hybrid season. Oh, yes. And, you know, a real hangover from the um, the halcyon days of the the season previously. Yeah, absolutely. Which was, what, the 16-17 year. With the playoff yeah. final heartbreak against Hull. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I, in a lot of ways, we sort of never got over losing to Hull. But um, no. But the point I'm saying is, though, it's I feel like I <laughs> yes. kind of I feel like maybe the point in Wednesday's uh, mildly mildly illustrious post millennial history. This is probably maybe probably one of the better seasons, <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, I managed to miss that because of the timing uh, yeah. of I follow. But anyway, yeah, and um, looks like um, well, we can get onto the talk about this a bit more. But 
maybe it's going to be another hybrid season. Does it count as hybrid? Well, I mean, so we don't really have any um, any any particular sort of segments or or or, uh, or drops planned out, but um, <laughs> just rest assured, people, there will be drops in time. But um, I, I I sort of loosely wanted to call our um, a terrible pun uh, based uh, news section breaking hoo hoos. Let's get into it. Um, breaking hoo hoos, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Breaking hoo hoos for a podcast which we'll be doing weekly, possibly, possibly, possibly fortnightly. Bi yes, weekly. Yeah. I also want to say, for the record, I don't like the term bi weekly because it implies that it's twice a week, not actually once every two weeks. Oh, I thought it meant that you slept with a man one week and a woman the next. <laughs> well, there's that as well. Yeah, that's the. Um, I, I, I think it's. I think it is up there on Urban Dictionary right now. I'll be honest. And if it isn't, then I will. I'll uh, as soon as this call ends, or I can do it while we're talking. <laughs> oh, I've made myself chuckle. Sorry about that. Um, well, obviously, the biggest news Wednesday-wise um, is uh, Liam Palmer signing on for another uh, <laughs> another four years. Four years. Four years. It, it's three years, isn't it? Three it is three, three years. years. Okay. Which I was slightly uh, surprised at, but um, should we? Yeah, let's let's go through the let's go through the contract renewals. I suppose. Yeah, you we're know, ignoring the um the the dinner lady shaped elephant in the room, but yeah, let's uh... <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I mean obviously I'm very pleased with uh with Westwood uh signing. Westwood's uh, pretty fantastic being back. Um <clears throat> let's see how many of the two years he's going to be fit for. But yeah. still, I'd much rather have various degrees on the Westwood fitness um, spectrum, Westwood, than uh, I don't know. I don't know what the other options are. That's the problem. Like, would we? Yeah. You know, I don't think Dawson and Wildsmith are near anywhere near any kind of first, you know, number one berth. Yeah, they, they I mean they might go on to have wonderful careers, but they're sort of at the point where they should be starting to show the signs now, really. Yeah. Um I know people sort of talk about goalkeepers just getting good when they reach thirty, but I'm not sure that that's the case anymore. You know, people like Butland and before that Czech and things, you know, I think goalkeepers just like most other positions, if you're good enough, you get to play at whatever age. Because mm. um, I mean, well, we do. I, yeah, go. We have with Westwood got into a certain area where um, there's been plenty of times, like pre-match, he's pulled up with something. Yeah, like it's happened a few times now. Not enough to, to be like this is a rare occurrence. More like this is something that you know periodically happens, and maybe it's probably happening to. Um, you know, Kieran at an age where, hey, you know, yeah, he's mid thirties. He's the age that me and you are in. Yeah, um, yeah, and you know, sometimes I, I, I hurt myself sleeping. Oh, that happens to me constantly. Yeah, yeah so you know, general, the fact he's a... general living being sedentary causes me to be injured. Yeah, yeah. So I can't imagine what it's like for someone who's. Um, a professional footballer, but I do want to bring up the age because I've previously said 
um, Glenn Leuven's He's Ancient, and then made the realization that he's my age, basically. <laughs> but oh no, I'm I'm actually like twelve days older yes. than Glenn Leuven's. So <laughs> something along those lines. So I, I kind of have to uh I have to be, you know, I have to kind of temper my criticism a little bit. But anyway, yeah. I, I'm really glad that, yeah, I'm really glad we've got Westwood. And if it means giving him two years, um, he deserves that to a certain degree. And I think we'll yeah. get enough mileage out of Westwood to be good for the next couple of seasons. That probably might be him. That might be the end of his Wednesday career when he's gone. But it's it's been a it's been a really good run for someone who's been a free signing I think it's been fantastic, all, you know. Yeah, I think we've been pretty lucky, generally, goalkeeper-wise. You know, we've had a pretty good run of it. Um, maybe Brad Jones aside as a little blip there. But <laughs> I think that's that was the thing, having the having the young lad sort of drop in was, we, I would say, maybe for the sort of relative to the size of club we've been, we've been a little bit spoilt with how good the goalkeeping has been. Because Kirkland was brilliant um and then westwood was a step up from kirkland but i, th- I think and we all of... remember those halcyon days of uh stephen bywater and nicky weaver as well obviously well they were you know they were pretty good bywater couldn't save anything but he seemed to sort of cast this trance over the defense that it meant he <laughs> very rarely had to make any saves and he was still playing till he was like 42 or something. You know, I think he just mm. had that, maybe just a reign of fear. You know, I will not turn around and pass this ball back to Stephen Bywater because he will, he'll kill me in my sleep, you know. Mm. Do you remember the video of him, uh, early days of Twitter, eating uh, eating what? ambrosia rice with a, with a toothbrush in his I car? I do remember that. It is... <laughs> It's something that never really leaves you. I don't think it. It just, it just, it really scars you. Because it, it's something that like it's. It kind of feels in a weird way like it's nails on a chalkboard. You know, it's something that that kind of the texture of everything. Rice pudding is, you know, this runny white um, poo poo diarrhea type food. Which I've never really got with. I think you can probably tell from my description of rice pudding. I've not really been into it, I'll be honest. And then oh, a tooth a toothbrush can be well it depends what type of toothbrush, but it's it's that yeah, I don't like it. I don't like no, it. No, it was I mean it was it was horrifying, but I, I think that sort of behaviour as a as a defender who uh you know is trying to protect that man's goal, I would not want to get on his bad side. I would sure. do everything so you, in my power. You want more goalkeepers who just, um, in the midst of a game, just like put an, a raw egg in their mouth and start chomping down. Do you think that that yeah. uh, strikes the fear in, you know, the uh, the journeyman strikers of the league, and even the elite strikers? You know, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I should have probably told you before we started recording, but we I did manage to secure, um sponsorship from ambrosia rice for this episode but um i've just had a text they're not they're out uh they're out 
This guy does as poo poo. Um, that was one of the main things they said. Actually, I should have should have briefed you. Sorry about and that. I, and I should have. I forgot that Ambrosia was so big that they can just tap kind of all Skype calls. Really. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot of time and effort dedicated to Big Brosia. <laughs> big Brosia. Um, <laughs> Ambrosia is purely a, um, you know, a parent company of Brosia, Big Brosia. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of like an arm <laughs> around the shoulder of that, of that, of that, or the other companies. I just, <laughs> oh dear, I just got Big Brosia. That was very good, Rich. I liked it. <laughs> the jokes where you realize them like, like 30 seconds later, they're the best, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like maybe days later, you know, just walking down the street. Ah, Okay. <laughs> that's what he meant wake up in the middle of the night one of those yeah so yeah. Westwood and then moving on we've got Kieran Lee back for a year which, which uh, is it's interesting well it's no um, I, I'm, I'm sure the deal is structured in a way that uh, if it works out it, he gets rewarded for it and if it doesn't we're not too exposed i think uh it's kind of um do you think that they're rich or do you think we just generally play the um the armchair fan football manager uh playing like i'd give him a pay as you play <laughs> because obviously <laughs> because obviously well, in real life you know if, if you went into a workplace and they're like Okay, if you perform, we're going to give you the big books, and then if you don't, then uh, there's nothing for you. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe. I'm wondering, maybe whether, sort of I'm wondering if whether it's. I'm wondering if maybe it's just a, a modest salary, flat rate over yeah. a year. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, um, I, I hope I got into a, not an argument, just a, a mere discussion on yeah, Twitter okay. with someone who I basically said. You know, I'd I'd love it if I I would love it if Kieran Lee comes back and he's firing on all cylinders and he's fit as anything. Um, but uh, it looks grim. I I don't think you can look at his last couple of years of injury history. I think it's uh, I think it's a calculated gamble. I think it's yeah. right. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm happy for it. I just hope it pays off. I think you were talking to me about, um, you know, and I love the, um, you know, the uh, the North American sports term of upside. Yes, yes, yes. But I think there, you know, I agree with you. I think there is a good upside in relation to to this. Yeah, because if he is able to perform anywhere near sort of the height of his powers for even sort of ten or fifteen games this season. That will be a vital contribution for probably not very much in the way of wages. Um, and I think probably realistically we shouldn't expect anything more than that. You know, I, I think if we th- think of about him playing 10 games and anything more is is a bit of a bonus, which to be yeah. honest is not far off what we got out of Hooper on average. <laughs> so Yeah, um, and we'd still probably look back and think about Hooper and think that was, bar the last year, that was that was good. It's good business. Yeah. <clears throat> so no, I'm, 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 I've got absolutely no qualms with, uh, yeah, with Kieran Lee getting a, getting another chance to, to prove his fitness. Um, and then Liam Palmer. 
Liam Palmer. Um, Longest serving player. Longest serving player and will probably, yeah, is keeping that longest serving player going for another three seasons, which is uh, slightly astonishing. Yeah, although, I mean, his last, uh, he seemed to come on sort of leaps and bounds last year. Uh, Whether that's the first time we've had a proper defensive coach, I suspect might be the case. Uh, But, yeah, again, uh, at the very worst, it's a good squad player because he can fill in in quite a few positions. Uh, Unfortunately, I suspect he's going to be a a starter um, almost every week, which is fine. He's... He does. He doesn't generally cause issues. I think he's pretty limited once he gets across the halfway line, unfortunately. And and I think having midfield and defensive players that can contribute at the top end is, mm. is by and large the difference between the uh, the very best teams and the and the ones that don't quite make it. Yes, but completely. He's, yeah, he's going to put in a kind of six and a half, seven out of ten every week hopefully won't make too many errors that lead to goals. Although in the uh, sneak preview of the, uh, the Lincoln uh, game, he, he, he completely went to sleep for their goal. Um, <clears throat> but uh, no, I, I, yeah, as I say, I, I'm pretty happy. It's I'm happy he's staying. Um, and uh, given the current financial situation, I'm sure he's going to be an absolutely vital signing this summer. Uh, maybe more so than I'd like ideally but that's fine it's not Liam's fault <laughs> no no it isn't the um, the Worksop Express still goes on um, he's he's we've got some impeccable mileage out of Liam Palmer he's yeah to think we've someone he's come up from the academy and he's a formed championship player <clears throat> Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I think if if he went elsewhere, maybe you know, for like he kind of has like a um, a Mark Beavers like shaped future elsewhere with other clubs in the Championship, League One, and that's I think that's really good. I think that's that is something that is kind of achievable for our kind of academy. <clears throat> I yeah. guess the fact is we can kind of look back and we can kind of kind of compare against you know why aren't we developing the big huge multi-million um you know meal ticket sells sell on academy players yeah but having someone well, like liam palmer and just an and a, a degree of versatility with him as well oh yeah i mean you know yes limited limited is very much the word but there is a degree of versatility there. And to have someone like that is is good. I'm a little bit surprised at the length of the deal. Three years is... Yeah. I, th- I thought maybe two for Liam. Is he 28 now? Is that, oh, is that in my head? I think that sounds about right. I, th- I know he's getting on for kind of late 20s. It's surprising to think how long he's been... Yeah, he's been at the club for a long time. I mean, so... I guess just to kind of look back at, uh, so me and you had season tickets for three years sitting next to each other. Yeah. And then basically it was relegation season from the championship. 
that middling year in League One, and then the promotion mm. season. And what was it? The game against MK Dons at home, which was oh, yeah. like Liam G- Palmer's only goal, or maybe he scored a second goal since then. Well, let me just because I was looking up his age, I can uh, I can also look up. Yeah, I know because he's just yeah his only goal, his, his only, only goal, goal. Only ever someone who's once. never been particularly prolific. And you know we've had, I feel like we've had quite a few defenders who haven't been very prolific in that. Mm. Nature Leuven scored one goal in his career at Wednesday. Yeah. Then I seem to remember Jack Hunt only scored once, I think. Yep. And I think Tom Lees doesn't score as many as he should. He attacks the ball really, really well. Mm. And he's quite often on the end of set pieces to the point where it makes me think he might be quite good at them in training um, and keeps getting being the one that we aim for. Um, but uh, that's one of the things. Um, is it Bo- Broner? The new, uh, new centre-back? Broner. I like, Yeah, I keep searching for Broner and then nothing comes up and then that's because <laughs> I put it in wrong. It's definitely user error. It's, uh, not, um, from... it's not a niche uh, Pornhub search term that you've read <laughs> up there, Rich. Just um, general things for, for bros. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Or bronies, maybe. Bronies, yes. Related Some derivation to the, of bronies. Related to the My Little Pony enthusiasts, it could be. Exactly. Could be. But anyway, you're not joining us. Fauna, yes, Fauna. Um, not so joining he's... us for obscure Pornhub search terms. <laughs> no, you're joining us no. for cutting-edge analysis <clears throat> of uh, Sheffield Wednesday and their upcoming season. Exactly. This is this is what we're giving. Um but he, uh, one of the nice things is he seems to score for it pretty regularly. I know it's a different sort of level of football, but uh, I was looking it up and I think he's got like one in eight uh, throughout pretty his good. career. That's pretty good. So for a, yeah, for a centre back, that's that's bob on. I mean, it, it would be nice. That, that was yeah, one of the lovely things under uh, under Megson was just that you felt like every set piece was a very very good chance to to get on the score sheet. Well, it's great having Rob Jones because he just, uh, yeah, he had that mentality and and that was in his that was and his for his play. Reader was fantastic for that as Reader well. Reader Johnson would just he'd go through five six players to get to the ball. He just had had a had a hunger for it. Mm. Julian Borner, known for his strong leadership qualities, defensive play, and aerial ability at both ends of the pitch. Not oh, my words, the words of SWFC.co.uk. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that's yeah. I'm I'm actually really excited for Julian Borner. I think he's going to be a really good. I I have a feeling that he's he's going to be really well. I think he's going to be loved by the fans. I think yeah. he's gonna put in some good performances. Um, it's sounding like he's a, just a bit of a kind of brick s house. Nice. And yeah, I think he's just going to have that kind of leadership. And I'm just, I think that's the interesting thing. I mean, we've talked previously about uh, Tom Lee's, you know, as captain material. And he's, I don't know if he's, he's quite a hundred percent captain material. I think he's more captain than a lot of players, but I, I think some of that kind of, yeah, some of that vocalness, I'm not sure is entirely there with Tom. Or maybe no, someone no. to 
kind of organized kind of positional play? I just, it, it's absolutely like a, the, uh, back to the sort of armchair perception thing, but yeah, it, it just feels like it sort of weighs heavy on him. Um, I always think his better performances are when he's, he's got, he's not having to sort of lead the charge. He's, he's got somebody alongside him. Um, taking that mantle so he can just concentrate on his defending. <clears throat> I suppose Westwood talks a lot, so that helps when he's there. But, yeah, you, you just don't want a defence that's completely silent, uh, mm. uh, which we've had too often in the last couple of seasons. Yeah. It's all right shouting at people after a goal's gone in, but it's the it's the organisational <laughs> and telling people where to go and things. Is yeah. <laughs> the key is the key is shouting at people prior to the goals going in, right? Exactly. Mm. That's sort of a, a mark of you know when you watch sort of documentaries on uh, on terrible football managers, people like Barry Fry and uh, um. Oh dear, what was he called? Uh, Sunderland manager Peter Peter Scouser. Reed. Peter Reed, and it's like the whole half-time team talk and the full-time team talk is just apportioning blame for things that have already happened and cannot be changed. You know, finding out who exactly was responsible for the fact that the third goal went in, rather than kind of any forward planning and uh, tactical changes that can make a difference. It's just like that was your fault. That. That's a bit, yeah. That's the easy thing to do. <laughs> Spying ahead of time and, and and closing the door before uh, the problem happens is uh, that that's this that's the skill. <laughs> that, uh, it is. That's why you want Westwood. That's why you want an experienced goalie that uh, doesn't shut up. So uh, we've mentioned um, Mr. Borner. We yep. So Stumbled one into of the it. first the first of three new signings, and I, I believe they've all been announced. Yes, they're all officially official now. Mind you, Kieran Lee, unofficial. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kieran Lee, I don't think, is official. Not been, as of uh, this day, the 14th of July, not been fully announced. But anyway, I'm sure that could be coming. Um, So anyway, yeah, Julian Borner joins us from Armenia Bulefeld. Just rolls off the tongue. It does, yeah. And we all are... One of the powerhouses of German football. Because we are... um, because we are armchair pundits, we have an expertise knowledge of uh, the second and third tier of all European leagues. So um, we. Do you uh, think it's a? Do you think it's a coincidence that he sort of comes from the very world that Yos was uh, sort of brought brought up through? I think it is a coincidence. I you know I, I get what you're saying, but it's. Um, I'm really not sure where this one comes from. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, obviously there was the news that, um, so Borna turned down a switch to Norwich a couple of years back. Okay. And obviously they have a very strong kind of German connection through, I guess, through their yes, kind of scouting, do, yeah. their approach. So, yeah. you know, it, it kind of makes you um, feel Kind of makes you feel. I'm always curious of this. Like, if if we're linked with a player and then they go somewhere else, and you're like, oh, you know, see, um, see the word they did have value because other people just want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I know. I just it's just it's a bit of a it's a bit of a sort of strange coincidence if uh, if that's the case. I know because he's internationally, you know, he's a captain for his uh, national team as well, isn't he? So um, um, I'm 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 quietly sort of uh, excited for his uh, his time with us. Um, so we haven't spoken about Olabajo. Moses Olabajo, yes. Who I think I, is, I think is going to be a good signing. Um, I'm a little bit cautious, and I'm wondering as whether as 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 the armchair football managers and pundits that we are, that maybe, maybe. Maybe it's a little bit racist that you kind of think about like you think about you think about pacey players yeah. as being like sports cars. Yes. Or not really kind of racist because you're thinking about pacey players, but you just think about I mean there's nothing racist in that bit, so I'm wondering what's coming next, basically. <laughs> However, but um no, I, I just I wonder about players that are fast. I wonder about how often they break down. Yeah, yeah. I wonder about how often they, you know, how much just kind of, or maybe if we just had like a, if we just had a great deal of it, or is it just, is it that kind of endemic and common? I think it's quite, I think it is quite common, to be honest, because, yeah, I think it's, I think it is fairly, it's probably something to do with the, you know the the muscle involved in that sort of top end speed sprinting um mm. and the nature of the game of football which is kind of like you might do one of those sprints and then have to then be asked to do one yeah, seconds later that's a very high whereas, intensity over short periods basically yeah. it's not whereas a if you're a, you're a sprinter yeah if you're a sprinter you kind of do your you do your hundred meters and then kind of take a few hours off and do the next hundred meters. You're not constantly doing a hundred meters because mm. you're just going back to a pretty limited well of uh, your anaerobic system. And maybe that's um, the thing about quick players is how much mileage do you get over them? <clears throat> you know, over, over a continual series of short distances, how much are you really going to get? You know, it's a whole thing about, you know how many how many minutes did we get out of Jermaine Johnson? Well, I would say for almost every year he was with us, it was worth having Jermaine Johnson. It was completely worth having Jermaine Johnson for who Jermaine Johnson was and what he did. Yeah, you know, even when we were bad and limited, and you know, it didn't really not that he added much creativity on the other end of the pitch, but you know, we often talked about Jermaine Johnson being like, you know, he'd get the ball and run to the length of the pitch, and it'd give the defense a bit of a breather. It relieved the pressure. Yeah. Yeah. In that sense, regardless of whether he screams it into the top corner of the goal or the top corner of the uh, the um, the stand behind the goal. Yeah, yeah. You know, as he's one to do. So I, I just kind of wonder, because well, I also know that Mezzo de Baggio, he has got over, and the words of Steve Bruce, a horror injury previously. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want to hear. Player That's what you want to hear. Player coming in. He basically died. <laughs> Listen, he's had a he's had a questionable injury record. 
you know, you just you just bring it up first thing, right? You can say you go on a date and you just say, "Look, I may have um, I may have uh, stolen a few things previously." You know, kleptomania. I may have my I kleptomania is a big word. You know, I may have my hand in your purse right now. But don't 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 worry about it. I'm over that now. Actually, it's a I'm lot better. It. Now, that I've... now, Moses, you can barely walk. No, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> but uh, he did get, he did, he made, as the website's telling me right now, he made 35 parents for the, for Brentford last year. Um, I believe that they want to keep him. He's, the Brentford fans absolutely loved him. Uh, top performer previously as well. And also he absolutely rinsed us in the playoff final for Hull. That's where Steve yes. Bruce has brought him back in for. Interesting, I want to bring up that the um, <clears throat> the official website hasn't mentioned the length of contracts for the no. new signings. Oh. But I imagine they're probably two years, maybe bonus three years. Um, but I think he could be good. He, he could be good. Um, I wonder about, and even if we still have even if things carry on with a very questionable um, injury record for the Sheffield Wednesday squad and who knows what it's to do with facilities or just the players were signing or the training methods or who knows, I think we'll still get some good mileage out of uh, Moses Adebayo. I think he'll be good for that. I think it's just the, as I've said, the fact that he has a previous injury record the fact that I know that he's he's incredibly quick, yeah, just makes <clears> me think he's not going to be someone. He's not going to play every game. I think that's a guarantee. No, he's not. But then I think if you look at who Bruce has signed, um, it's all, it's pretty much all been about pace. I offer his bags of pace. I offer his bags of pace. Other bags of pace. And, and Harris is is quick as well, and and then and then just looking all... back to previous loan signings with Lazar and Aaron's, yeah, they're yeah. both quick as anything. They're just rapid, absolutely rapid players. So and it... I, I'm glad, and I'm glad that we can get on to and talking about uh, the the dinner lady shaped elephant in the room a bit later. Um, but the one thing I, I feel like I want to say just about that quickly before we talk about it, you know, much detail later. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, the thing I like about Bruce a lot is that I think he kind of recognized he speaks to us, uh, armchair pundits and fans <laughs> that I think we've seen that there's been a distinct lack of pace in the oh, Wednesday yeah. team for the last three seasons now. Yeah. It's, it's been a, um, it's felt, it's, you know, the, the song goes, it's been a long time since rock and roll. Um, it's been a long time since Jeremy Halan. Yes. Our version. Yeah. And then Jeremy, the, and he, then he was the one, and then but the, the end days where it was just one Jeremy Halan. Yeah. Matthias. Oh, yeah, because that was that. Yeah, it was JJ and, and, and uh, JH, and then uh, JJ. <laughs> went off and it was just jh and then he uh you know jj had a really disappointing last season which i think really he really did yeah. it was the, the end times for jermaine johnson and that was incredibly sad because I, I just for a long time during those dark times jj was my favorite player 
I just, Absolutely. I JJ. I don't know, did yeah. I ever tell you about the, so my old, um, an old work colleague of mine referred to JJ as uh, a mouse in a bucket. <laughs> we just, we just don't know what he's going to do. Um, and that was part of the, the electric potential and excitement of Jermaine Johnson. It's one of the stupidest analogies <laughs> I think it's perfect in the right way. It's uh, brilliant, but it's really, it's really silly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I feel, I, I feel that's very strong. I, but I, I, we miss that pace and we miss that potential. You know, it, it comes to the point as many times. You know, the fans will look to the bench as will the managers to be like, who do we have to change the game? And yeah. it's been Jermaine Johnson to come on and potentially do something. Not that he always come on and just, you know, tear it a new one, but it's yeah. having the hope and potential of someone who is pacey, who can break things up and create something. Even that's even if it's another element of that is creativity. You know, another element, you yeah. know, there's so many different strings to that potential of someone you can bring off the bench. And, yeah, I mean, for that reason, I'm really happy with with Odubaju coming in. As you can see, I'm yeah. a little bit hesitant about his injury record. Yeah, and the pronunciation of his name. There's that yeah. as well. I, I feel like I've probably mulled it. I apologize to no, uh, yeah. I think I said to myself, to you, to anyone else who's listening. To Moses Odubajo himself as well. <laughs> I think, I, yeah, I, f- I fell back on Moses because I, I felt comfortable on that ground. Moses was good. Maybe we'll just call him Moses. <laughs> we'll pretend that we're on first name basis with. Uh, yeah, with, yeah, yeah. With Moses. Um, so I think we should probably talk about the aforementioned uh, dinner lady manager. Well, Do you we want to explain why well, you call him finish. dinner lady manager? It's it's been well established that he looks like a dinner lady, <laughs> and but that's it. But then let's just finish off with so the final okay, signing, sorry. the final signing as it stands, as it stands because it's Harris. Uh, Kadeem Harris, mm. who again a very pacey player like Moses Adibaju, someone who's also had, had injury injury <laughs> questions in his past. I'm not entirely sure why he didn't. I think he did have like a bit of an injury last season at Cardiff. Okay. But, but by all means, the Cardiff fans seem to say that they couldn't really understand why they released him. They would mm-hmm. have liked to have seen him gain more chances. Um, he scored a goal in the Premier League last year. One of the few goals that Cardiff scored in their <laughs> uh, their brief flirtation with the top flight yes. last season. And um, again, but but again, you know, Bruce is addressing ourselves that, you know, we want, I feel like football fans are very, still very um, sentimental for all styles of footballs, for 4-4-2, you know, for the big man, little man partnership for wingers. Yes. And we barely really had any wingers, this era of Carvajal and... Then maybe the wing backs under Yoss. We've barely had any wingers. So Kadeem Harris comes in. Again, very quick player. Um, maybe kind of a little bit similar to Jermaine Johnson in that 
you know, I'm not sure if his kind of creativity and his crossing shooting I, is amazing, but yeah, I honestly I know very little about Kadeem Harris to, to be honest. Um, but um, I, yeah, I, I, but I it's, think it's addressing a clear need. I think that a sort of commanding centre back, um, some pace. Uh, ideally, I'd probably like another fullback um, and probably some sort of holding midfielder, and I'd feel pretty good going into the season on that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how likely those two things are with the sort of concurrent situations of uh, a manager who seems to be halfway out of the door and a uh, financial situation that is still not clear, despite... The accounts yeah. being published. Yeah. So let's talk about our favorite dinner lady. Our favorite dinner lady. Unless there's a dinner lady from your past who you really liked. No, I quite like the uh, Adam Sandler song, Lunch Lady Land. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not aware. I'm not aware. Hoagies and grinders, navy beans, navy beans, meatloaf sandwich. Um, it's a classic, uh, but yeah, Steve. But Steve Bruce. But he's not. He's not serving us up a delicious uh, lasagna or pasta dish. <laughs> he's serving up a a real hefty shit sandwich that is called <laughs> that is called. I want to bat my eyelashes at my um, my boyhood club and go and work for them, even though it's uh, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a shit show. Really, and yeah, I wonder what it would be like to work for Mr. Chansiri as a manager. I imagine it would be, um, in some ways, very good. Some ways, kind of difficult. Mm. And maybe it's more pronounced in some of its difficulties because other kind of. Um, I feel like we don't really know much about the personalities of a lot of chairmen, you know, in football, but. Uh, but saying that, Mike Ashley sounds like an absolute car crash. Yeah, I suppose it's one thing we don't know from the outside looking in what was said to Bruce to get him to take this job. Mm. Um, but we we kind of feel that, and again, it's it's that great armchair punditry management, but. I think it was kind of fairly well known what the limitations would be coming into the job. And I felt that Bruce was, you know, and especially that, you know, so if the inevitable we think happens and that Steve Bruce leaves for Newcastle, we will be staring down the end of another uninspiring bookmakers, next manager odds list. Mm. And there is nothing more uninspiring or depressing in the world than the next manager Sheffield Wednesday list. And we have progressed from a days of, I don't know, Nigel Worthington, the equivalent, the, you know, the, the sheer ubiquity of Gary Megson being linked until Megson, you know, joined us as manager <clears throat> and someone like, I know, Steve Cotterell, Steve Cotterell's name. Always oh, always. On there. And who's the chap? Martin Allen. Oh yeah, you know, there's just these, these he, lower, lower league. Because he sort of laughed at a, jo- a song we sang in a playoff semi-final ten, fifteen years ago. 
previously there'd be Peter Reed. I think Ian Holloway's name is going to be there again. But then, yeah, who's, you know, I feel like me and you said, looking at Steve Bruce previously when he was, when we brought him into the club, it was very much like, actually looking at some of the names of some of the people who go elsewhere, Steve Bruce is very, very good for what it is. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't ever really get excited about Bruce. Although I do know he's kind of become a bit of a specialist of getting people out of the championship. So that yeah. in, in and of itself is, is good. The thing, um, yeah. But I, I think there's a lot of ill feeling towards Carlos Cavalhal now. But, um, you know, for our first manager that wasn't born in the UK... Um, it was a pretty exciting ride. I mean, he was such a charming guy. Yeah. Um, oh, gotcha. And the, the football that first season was very good. I know we sort of, we really let ourselves down on the big stage because it felt like the whole of the football world was kind of pulling for us to win. Yeah, uh, yeah. Wembley that day. Um, and the, the, the people who seemed to least want it were the players on the pitch. Um mm. <clears throat> But that, you know, that aside, that was a pretty wonderful season to be a Sheffield Wednesday fan. That's what's hard to, you know, when people are so hard towards Carlos now, it's like, yeah, but in the scale of things, I mean, from people like myself who we caught the tail end of the kind of glory days in the Premier League, but didn't really know what we were, you know, we didn't know enough to know how good those were. Didn't have enough idea of context. Of, yes. Of how crap it can be. Yeah. How, so I'd say, yeah. How shilly I'd say miserable. Anyone kind of... <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How, how I had no idea. How miserable the gift and curse of supporting, you know, Sheffield Wednesday Football Club is. Yeah. I had no idea how bad it could feel to draw with Plymouth Argyle on a Tuesday night when, you know. Were you there for the didn't have 11 footballers on the pitch, but somehow still managed <laughs> contrived to uh, to get some get a point out of us. What is what is that game prior to the prior to the League One promotion stint with Sturrock? Maybe a year or two previous to Sturrock. Maybe the days of was it Chris Turner? Was it there's a game at home to people talk about it on Al's talk? So I, I kind of sketched in my memory that way. Even though I I was as I've made clear to you, I was on sabbatical at that time. Yes. Um, away from support. Well, well-earned sabbatical. Well-earned sabbatical before I come back to torture myself with, <laughs> with some of the stuff we watched under maybe Irvin. And that's yeah. Oh. Um, so there's a game at home. So was it Rushton and Diamonds? Oh, yeah. And it was like John John Shaw was playing. <laughs> oh, yeah. my, old, my, old uh, fellow, my old fellow Abbey Lame teammate, John Shaw, who left for... <laughs> I think he left for intake because they offered him a um, they offered him some kit. Basically, they offered him a um, a tracksuit. <laughs> so that was, that was the the key thing to take him away from Abbey Lane. And then you know, and then fair play to uh, to John Shaw coming through the Wednesday Academy and being a a non league goal scoring legend at Gateshead. Yeah, you know, so it's it's a hell of a lot more than I've done in my life. So there we go. 
Um, but yeah, that that's uh, that period and that game was seen as like the real. That was the, the nadir. Yes. Of those times, and like, I felt that we kind of saw. You know, through coming back off my sabbatical, and you know, I've seen some pretty bad games and some pretty bad iterations and teams of. Oh yeah. You know. Oh, you remember the um, the Irvin game against Yeovil? The game, yeah. the game. It felt like we just could never. It felt like there was a hoodoo on the players. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they were never going to win that game. The weirdest thing with that game was that Irvin wasn't sacked after that game. That was the weirdest thing. That was pretty weird. Yeah. The way that the players played and reacted was like they personally felt they'd let down their mate Al. Yes. Yeah, he was going to get the sack, and then he limped yeah. on for another like two and a half months somehow. Was, yeah. yeah, but, but <laughs> the context of that, you know, so people who are kind of mid thirties and younger, that season under Carlos is pretty much as as good as we've seen, or as good as we've been conscious of. Sure, sure, exactly. So, and... so that was really a treat, and and it was almost it was quite nice given that kind of boring list of managers that seems to be the same for every single job to get this guy out of nowhere um, and him be seemingly wonderful. I know that sort of all fell apart towards the end was really exciting. And I thought with Yos, I was kind of sold on the idea of just getting in a guy that's, you know, he'll tighten us up at the back and uh, yeah, yeah, football, like so many things, football teams do tend to yo-yo you know you'll have an attacking guy then a really defensive guy and th- those um <laughs> interstitial periods where the uh the overhang from the old manager and the, the 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 new learnings from the the new manager that they tend to be quite good moments because they kind of oh well they still remember how to attack but now they're, they've got a bit of a defensive guile about them and then the vice versa i think part of carlos doing so well in that first season is Stuart Gray had the whole team drilled to defend like demons. And then Carlos kind of came and said, well, yeah, and you can play football guys, but they kind of still had Stuart Gray's little voice in their head. Um, mm. I'm trying. What was his thing that he used to say? Oh no. That's really annoying. He said many, many things, Rich. Was it about tactical periodiz- periodization? But he used to say, so where basically you uh, say you say tactically it's not that time of the month. Uh, <laughs> we all need to get in sync, uh, like the Spice Girls when the Spice Girls were touring. Yeah. Um, you time, you know, you time the, uh, you know, it, that time of the month that you know you finish up at Cardiff, and then you take a few <laughs> few days break before you play Birmingham <laughs> NEC. Yeah, there we go. Well, Stuart, but Stuart Gray had a little like vocal. He had a little sort of conversational tick. It's really annoying me that I can't think of it. But he would as say, um, he would say as such a lot of the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was that was definitely one of them. But um, so they still had him sort of saying, you know, defend from the front as such. Uh, <laughs> whilst Carlos was telling them to put the meat on the fire and you know have some fun. Open, so it kind of open the uh, was it close the windows or yeah cl- yeah close all the windows and doors close all the windows and doors 
Um, there was something I'm, about trumpets as well, wasn't there? I think there was. I think there was. <laughs> anyway, I, we've got lost here. We've meandered down. We've got lost. We talked about. We're talking about Steve Bruce. We're talking about his imminent departure from Sheffield Wednesday. Um, so yeah. So for so for me, Steve Bruce was one of the boring list of managers. It felt he like he was. We'd sort of got our fingers burnt with Yos, and mm. we'd now gone back to the grey men list but he was the best of the gray men absolutely the best of the gray <laughs> <laughs> i can't wait for he was your, the grayest um... and the manliest of all the gray men you know i feel that if uh, they're really and someone was of the star journalists made a book about chris wilder's promotion season oh, then yeah. then you should do you should write a heady a heady novella about Steve Bruce's four months, four or five months in charge, and it's going to be called Best of the Grey Men. <laughs> I'm working on it now. Uh, yeah. Alternative, alternative titles: uh, The Last Grey Man Whistle Test. I like that one. <laughs> it's um, just yeah. so. This situation, though, is so Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, I know. I'm sure other clubs can add up all these weird occurrences, but you know, we were talking about Helan. How many people have lost a player to Islamism? Religion. Religion, yeah. Yeah, like he decided he loved Muhammad more than Wednesday, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, picked up his uh, picked up his coat and left, and then <laughs> and then with Bruce taking his holiday. I know we all kind of. We, we all sympathise with the situation, um, and you know everybody got angry at the journalists on the telly for questioning it. But it was weird. It was a weird thing to do. I'd, I've never known a manager go like, "Yeah, we'll take that job in a month and a half." Yeah. Like it, it's never happened before, no, to my knowledge. No. So that was weird, and now to spend the whole preseason thinking about you know planning for the the season ahead thinking about how things are going to go and now to to lose him probably you know within weeks of the first game yeah yeah it's going to be just a, an unbelievable upheaval i mean, i was amazed he was there yesterday um at the lincoln game because how do you i don't know how you look the players in the face yeah. <laughs> to be honest yeah, and then to, and then just everything about. So I, I feel like this. It is very Wednesday, but it it is almost. It's, maybe it's surprising me Wednesday. Like it's, mm. it's the, uh, it's the disappointment that I feel is unpredictable. Yes, the disappointment is predictable. The way in which it's happening is like really surprising. <laughs> We keep finding new ways it's, to disappoint. It's, it's incredibly surprising that. So, from what I'm hearing from the press, is basically Chancery is digging his heels in, compensation well, wanting around five million, yeah. which I think is probably going to be a bit less than that, but a lot more than basically the one million that Mike Ashley thought it could do. Um, yes. To go there, Bruce is going to be on half the wages he's on on Wednesday. So he'd actually be the lowest paid manager in the Premier League. Yeah. 
He's not the With first the incentive choice. incentive of if, if he keeps them up, he gets... Yeah, gets the big gets bucks. A nice, nice little Brucey bonus, so to speak. Um, and... Yeah, and then he's going into a place where he's not the first choice of manager. The first choice manager effectively is left because of the relationship. I think Rafa Benitez is absolutely... Whoever his PR is needs a, needs a, to get paid extra because they've played a blinder. What Rafa Benitez has done is <laughs> crawled off to China for a whopping salary. He's effectively sort of gone into early retirement and somehow managed to spin it, spin it that Mike Ashley is an evil demon. I mean, he's on something crazy. Like he's on like one point two million a month or something, isn't he? He's on insane money in China. Um, so he's he's gone for a ridiculous payday. The sort exact same sort of payday that um, Arnautovic is getting hammered for taking. But yeah, somehow his PR have managed to uh, managed to make it that Rafa's a great guy, and uh, but I think it's it's, it's easy it's naughty, to naughty Mike Ashley. It's easy to um, yeah, it is easy to be naughty naughty Mike Ashley because it is Mike Ashley, right? I mean, he's he's got a history. I don't of this think stuff. in this situation he he should have paid Rafa Benitez what Rafa Benitez was going to get in China. So that's I the reason. That but I mean, but it felt like but, it, like Benitez could have left for for purely just reasons regarding the fact that like the squad needs severe surgery. They just um, sold, they sold Perez. Yes. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not really going to defend uh, Ashley, to be honest. I, I think he is a, in, in so many ways, he's a villain. He's sort of, um, you know, he's an old timey Victorian uh, sweatshop owner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but I, I do, I do think with this, it would have been ridiculous to pay Rafa Benitez what he's being paid to go to China sure, sure. and uh, and so, uh, as they call it, sports wash uh, the regime there. It's um, it, it's not something he should have ever he would have countenanced. And I, I think Rafa knew that that offer was there in January and has kind of laid the he's laid the pieces in place so that he can take the whacking great payday, sell his soul, but make it look like he's actually a great guy and, and a wonderful Geordie at heart. Mm. But, but still... Yeah, I mean, Mike Ashley's a prick as well, so, you know, fair enough. Yeah. But then, basically, like, from what I understand, and I'll try not to spend too much time talking about Newcastle, <laughs> um, but... So they used to have Alan Carr's dad, Graham Carr, who was the super scout who was uh, the one who'd oh, find yeah. all the these French jewels. Yes. You know, he would go find these uh, <laughs> <laughs> these footballing um, these footballing gods from the French Riviera and uh, buy them for an invisible transfer fee and then they'd come to come to the uh, the Northeast Wonderland, Geordie Wonderland, Newcastle. Make a name for themselves, and then Ashley could flog them on for for the mega books. Could sell them to Tottenham for twenty million pounds. Exactly that type of stuff, and that's yeah. gone. And then, but they they're really just nailed on for relegation. I don't know. So Rondon Rondon's going elsewhere, or Rondon's not going back. Perez is gone. Yeah. Like if you look at them from a kind of, and there's really just not a great deal of. Was it Longstaff looking to go to Manu? But it's just a fire sale of play, of talent. 
and I don't know who would legitimately take it because there's just there's been a number of people who've distanced themselves from the job, and the only position I would I if I was someone like Bruce. I, to be fair, I probably would be licking my chops, but it's a retirement gig. It's a retirement gig. It's for someone who's maybe can be busy mates. Yeah. Has a bit of you know, uh, be busy mates with Mike Ashley, you know, in like the networking and the interview phase. You go there, you get a little bit of a wage for a bit, and then you get paid out when it inevitably fails. Like it's not. Well, that's that essentially when he came here. There was a lot of talk of it being his last job. He's kind of come yeah, out of retirement. Exactly. And the the romantics amongst us liked the story that he kind of saw how wonderful the fans were on that day and uh just had a, a little place in his heart for us. Yeah. That's quite hard to hear now. But I, I it feels like he's been offered a better last <laughs> last go on the merry go round. Yeah. Um yeah. But it's just he's a Newcastle fan. I mean, I said the other day to someone, uh, I'm horribly underqualified for being the Sheffield Wednesday manager. But if I was offered the job, I would take it in a heartbeat. Um, It would be awful. Um, I'd be sacked, you know, within days, probably. But (laughs) I'd I'd do it, you know. First training session, I think the players might be uh, ringing the alarm bell. (laughs) Maybe so. Maybe so. Can I can I be your um, head of sports science, Rich? Yes, you could be. (laughs) And then I'll be like an in-depth interview with me on the website, and I'll be like, "Look, you know the players; they can't eat chips all the time." (laughs) You have to to call them football athletes. Athletes. That, to be a yeah. football athlete, that's how you uh, that's how you make yourself sound like a sports science guy. And I'd be like, Chips, look, it's potato, it's carbohydrates. Should make them have lots of energy. <laughs> <laughs> but, look, I found out, like, what I found out is I have a, I have a big plate of chips and I'm, <laughs> and I'm a bit tired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So I probably would. I can. Yeah, the more I can. If think, you're flagging like, a bit, lads, Lucas Aid. Have some Lucas Aid, bloody. <laughs> since you last thirty percent longer, so you know. <laughs> use your hundred percent in the first hour. Take a Lucas Aid. Another half hour. All right. Hey, I, I tell you, I tell you what, Tony Strudwick won't do, Rich. Which is if if, if some of the players that there's an illness going around the camp. Yeah. I'd go round and I'd give him some raw Lucasade. You know, the raw, straight Lucasade. Yes. Yeah. It's great for you when you're ill. There you go. Yeah. Sports science. Sports science tips on uh, different gravy. Not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. <laughs> so uh, the thing I wanted to say was, I guess, yeah, and, and Bruce has had like a history of this. You know, it, it's I it shouldn't be surprised to say to you, Rich, like... Oh, he's a mercenary. Absolutely. I know. It shouldn't be like, so Rich, I lent... Uh, Oh, I lent twenty pounds to our friends Judas Iscariot the other day. Uh, He's only gone yeah, and not paid me back. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing with Bruce. We we know who he is. We know what he's like. So I think I, that's I harsh on Judas because Judas did what he <laughs> he took the money, but he did what he said he was going to do. <laughs> I think Steve Bruce is markedly worse than Judas. Wow, <laughs> that's my hot take. <laughs> 
brilliant. Um, they should, uh, should, should rewrite. About... Oh, sorry, go on. Should rewrite Julius Caesar, and it should be at two Bruce. I think that'd be <laughs> nice. a nice suggestion. I think that'd be good. A modern day retelling of Julius Caesar, based on the internal workings of uh, the Sheffield Wednesday boardroom. <laughs> the hilarious thing is, I also want to think is like this is so unpredictable that it's such a car crash of a football club, Newcastle United, that yeah. this is the thing that looks to derail our season. This rich is this is the end of Ghostbusters, and our bad guy isn't the Stay of Monster. It's Mike Ashley. <laughs> it's a northeast uh, pincer movement. <laughs> Gibson and Ashley. The northeast pincer movement. Yeah, okay. I know they. I know they like to think that it's Yorkshire. It's not really Yorkshire, is it? It isn't. Listen to your accents, guys, in Middlesbrough. It isn't. Mm, what do you sound like? Not like somebody from Yorkshire. So just another hot take. I'm, hot I'm, take. I'm serving them up hot and fresh. Three pieces soda. So, uh, so I guess the thing I was excited <laughs> about having Bruce around, yes, last of the grey men, but the thing I thought I'd like about him was that he, he still had a bit of the contacts and yeah. I think you could probably get some like young, hungry, you know, more pace, more pace, more quick, talented Premier League youngsters. Yes. To come into the club on loan. And I thought that'd be really good for someone like ourselves in the situation we're in. Yeah, I I I, I actually have enjoyed Bruce being the manager for the time that he's been the manager. Um I don't feel that he's magical in any way or irreplaceable. I think he's if we if Chancery's smart, which is a big if, unfortunately, we will have our feelers out for who the next person will be, and hopefully it won't be weeks and weeks that we we can make an, uh, our next sort of manager managerial appointment pretty sure. quickly. But uh, my worry is. Yeah. Lee Bullen is going to be managing Sheffield Wednesday on the opening day of the season and probably will see out most of August and then maybe the new guy will come in September time. And in terms of doing anything serious with the season, <laughs> we might actually be stuffed already by that stage. You know, like you, yeah. you're already having to turn a season around. Um, Bullen's had good games and bad games. I'm, I'm not sort of prejudging what, what it'll be like for him, but he's... He's not a wonder, not a miracle worker, and he's not um, what we can say with pretty um, conclusive proof. Is you know he's not a wonderful manager. We, he's never going to get that job. So yeah, we should be looking now at who's next, and maybe even having those conversations with people. Yeah, um, albeit sort of surreptitiously and hush hush. So but, um, and if we think about that timeline. The new person, if things went quickly, we could have someone in for this time next week. Yeah. Or maybe maybe the end of the week after that. I'm looking at a calendar now because it's real last-minute stuff. Oh, yeah, because remember the transfer window. Well, that's going to close on the 2nd of August. Yeah. Football, the season kicks off on the 3rd, I'm led to believe. That's right, yeah. Or I'd take it as a token Sky Sports Friday night kickoff game. Um, but yeah, essentially it's the weekend of the third. And so 
like I guess this this kind of leads us into you know a part of the podcast we're in um, we're in our preseason for the podcast. Yes, you know we're limbering up. We're trying not to make sure we're trying not to eat too many chips. Running uh, drills, beep running tests. drills, beep tests, just a few chips. Uh, little uh, little sports bras. Little sports bras. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get into physical condition by eating a few less portions of chips. I'm just going to decrease the portion of chips until um, until the season kicks off. So. You know, and one of the things let's will come into. So, do we do? Should we do a prediction? Let's let's do a with prediction with and without, <laughs> with or without you, um, by you two, by you two. featuring I, Steve Bruce. I it's that sort of thing though where it's a certainly a very sort of pyrrhic victory if we manage if Chancery stands firm and <clears throat> Bruce doesn't go to Newcastle I think you just there's so much kind of ill will from his side presumably that he's been denied the chance to manage his, his boyhood club um, it just feels like a terrible situation so I think he has to go it's just yeah. a case of how much we can get for him yeah. Um, so maybe it's not even worth making a prediction with Bruce because I, I just think that is a wor- that's maybe the worst of all the situations is that Bruce stays now. Because I think I, I just how would you feel as yeah if I'm if I'm particularly one of those new lads. Say I'm Ola Badjo, so I've joined because I had a good experience working with Bruce, Bruce before. Yeah, and then he has shown absolutely zero loyalty to me because, as you say, he's fluttered his eyelids at uh, Mike Ashley with his top off at the first opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm not exactly going to go run through walls for that guy, am I? Not without yeah. some serious kind of coddling, and uh, you'd really have to get me back on side somehow. And I don't even know how you do that. So it's all that would almost be the worst situation is we have all of this drama and nonsense and then we end up with a manager that doesn't want to be here and players that think that know that that would be that would be very Sheffield Wednesday that we end up sacking the guy and costing ourselves money when we could have made sure. some money from appointing him because there are kind of there are weird things you know you think about it a bit like a workplace um, you think about those people who come in to work for certain people, you know, like like Moses Adebayo has probably done, and yes. then you, you think about people like maybe your Tom Lees or your Barry Bannons of the world, who are a bit like, you know, I just come here and do what I do, you know? Yes. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think about it's just such a level of disruption to preseason, to the forthcoming season. It's it's phenomenal. I don't know how, yeah, I don't know how we as fans deal with that from just from a just kind of, you know, bizarrely a little bit of emotional sense, you know. But then I don't know how the players deal with that. I don't know how that no. that's going to have an effect on who's going to come in with the style. Um, do we do we do we think? Do we even want to talk about like names of people who could be coming in? 
I think, especially considering how long we've been talking, I think we should leave that for another time. Okay. When it's a, when it's a, an actuality. Um, in terms of predictions, <laughs> it's so, so hard to tell. Should we pencil them in? <laughs> pencil so, them in. I think I think even without Bruce, I I still feel like we have a strong squad. Yeah, I I'm hoping that whoever comes in isn't so left field that they completely throw the baby out with the bathwater, yeah. so to speak. And even if we do get like another left field foreign coach, um. I feel we still have a players in the league that's pretty wide open. And I don't really think there's any great contenders again. I think we can I think we can we can scrape a six. Yeah, I think we could finish anywhere from fifteenth to fifth. Like I could hear a case for absolutely every position in between. Yeah. Uh, but if we get the appointment right, then yeah, I think playoffs is doable. But it's it's just such a big if. Because we just can't afford to have it be somebody that we're getting rid of at Christmas. That's that's we can't sort of be bailing out another season, really. Another hybrid year. Another hybrid year. Do you want my uh, do you want my notes from the Lincoln City uh, friendly highlights? Let's do it up. Have you watched them? I did watch the highlights. Yes. Yeah. So the first thing was Reach's new hairdo. It's this is, it is something. It is something to talk about. It is something. The um, the young Steve McLaren, uh, Adam Reach. Yes. Maybe more football for, ability than Steve going McLaren. For kind of a, uh, going for kind of a Luka Modric. Yes. Um, kind of greasy Bob uh, <laughs> with the hairband. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hairdo, not, not a new nickname for him. <laughs> greasy Bob. Adam, Adam, Greasy, Bob Reach. I love it. Um, so, but then sticking with Reach, uh, just nice to see that he looked so much better than League One players. Like, every clip was basically Adam Reach knocking the mickey out of Lincoln City players. Or every every clip going forward. You know, he was letting it roll through his legs. He was taking on people. Um it's just always nice. It doesn't always happen. Quite often you play a League One team and it's like 1-0 one, one way or the other. And uh, you don't feel like there's very much difference between the levels. But uh, that was that was just quite a nice thing to observe. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Imps, one of the best nicknames. That's another note. That's very true. That's very true. It's, it's just a pretty good nickname. They've done well. Um uh, I also noted that I, I inherently dislike the Cowleys for no good reason. Really? Uh, just seem smug, but handsome, maybe, they're young. Maybe if we what's talk not about... To, what's not to dislike? Maybe if we talk about idealist uh, pie-in-the-sky managerial appointments, uh, the Cowley bros. Um, have they got money there? There's something weird, isn't there, at Lincoln City? <laughs> something weird. Yeah, there is generally something weird. <laughs> No, but you know, like you get these weird, like lo- like they're a non-league team, but some, you know, Russian oligarch spilt his dinner in 
that town, so he's <laughs> paid back by <laughs> by pouring pouring money into the non-league team. It could be. I, I think maybe just generally the um, generally the fairy tale book on the, the the Cowley brothers is basically like for some reason they saw some great potential in these young PE teachers, and uh, they've just gone on to be managerial masterminds uh, playing real life football management football manager and uh, just building up with the right players from the ground, I guess. I'm sure I'd like it if, uh, yeah, if there, if there were managers and they were good. But <laughs> as I say, I just generally, you know, handsome, confident people, just not my sort of people generally. No, no. no. Need to, you need to have a few bumps in life, a few bumps and scrapes, a few bruises. Um, <laughs> that, that might be it. Um, but the goals, the goals were good. Goals um, were good. Well, Reaches Jordan, was lovely. Fletcher Jordan, near, very nearly scored an exact replica of Reaches as well, which was uh, which was nice. And we really, um, we really throttled that crossbar a few times. Absolutely, Zhao's one from miles out. Thunderous. Jay Wells. Jay Wow. And uh, two wins in a day. That's pretty good. Yes. And um, unfortunately, I don't think we get the highlights from the Stocksbridge Park Steels. No, it's a bit of a shame. I would have liked I to see I don't think the, uh, the Stocksbridge Park uh, Steels media team, I think they may be on vacation on that point, or or maybe they don't exist. Who knows? Maybe. But I was disappointed. Anyway, but um, Jordan Rhodes scoring. Yeah. And getting closer a couple of times other than that as well. Yeah. So maybe maybe there is life in the Jordan Rhodes. All he needs is supply and a League 2 coming up to League 1 defence. And he is a goal scorer, born goal scorer. There we go. (laughs) If only only um, our opposing championship teams are aspiring to have their defence of that standard... We'll be unbeatable. We'll be unbeatable. Jordan Rhodes, 30 goals a season. Well, we can only hope. We can only hope. We can only hope. I Yeah, that's a weird one that Norwich um, want to spend money. They must just have too much money. Well, this is this is the thing also with uh, the Newcastle thing. Was, I was there thinking, I, I think in the general scheme of money in the Premiership, I think five million for a manager that we value... Yeah, that's pretty good. But then look what Leicester have done with George Hurst. They're, if they can be scumbags, they're going to be scumbags. They'll be scumbags. Yeah, I know. And that was supposedly he's like one of the good guys. I mean, I know he's passed away now. R.I.P. the Leicester chairman. But like supposedly they're like they're the good guys and do a lot with the community and stuff. But they're still like absolute scumbags when it comes to if they can pinch a penny here. Exactly. There's just no good reason for doing what they've done with George Hurst. And similarly with Newcastle, like if you don't make the sort of money that he's made in his life, Ashley, without squeezing every single penny until it hurts. And then Chancery... uh, you know the club is a family and we don't sell our children or whatever is the quote was so um <laughs> <laughs> our enormous gray dinner lady 
it's going to cost a pretty penny. Yeah, it costs a pretty penny. <laughs> yeah. It's a great lasagna. <laughs> and the mash has very few lumps. <laughs> Still lumps. It's a dinner lady, after all. It's not your mom. But... <laughs> Only a few. <laughs> Steve, uh, Steve Judas, only a few lumps, Bruce. Uh, and uh, by means of uh, of wrapping things up, um, he offers a choice of different gravies to get yes. on your spots. Yes. Uh, and we are a different gravy. Yeah. Are we not, Rich? We are different gravy. Uh okay. I think we should wrap it up. We'll, uh, okay, we'll be, let's we'll, do it up. We'll be back with another exciting episode uh, sooner than you could possibly know. <laughs> awesome. There might be there might be a website and social media, but there's not now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah, I'll speak to you again soon. Okay. <laughs>